Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The timing of the abomination of desolation tonight. Before we do that, uh, let's get Matthew 24 as our first chapter that we will be in and hold your place in Daniel chapter 9. But it's important for me to say at the get-go that Matthew 24 is not for the church, and we do not find the rapture of the church in Matthew chapter 24. The whole character of the chapter is Jewish in nature. Verses 1 and 2, we have the Jewish temple distraction. Verses 3, uh, verse 3, the disciples questioned Jesus about his return at the end of the world. And people say, well, why can't this be for the church? Well, because the church hasn't been built yet. It's unknown and it's a mystery. <laughs> but what did they know about? Jewish things. <laughs> That's why the whole nature of the character is Jewish in nature. Um, let me see something here. Uh, Colossians 1. Colossians 1, uh, is that where it's at? Uh, verse 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery of the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's whom we preach. And it goes on. But when Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24, didn't he say, I will build my church? That would be a future tense when he said that, meaning when he was walking around, yes, there was a church, but it wasn't the New Testament church because he didn't die. There was no death of the testator. Um, in verse uh, verses three uh, and in verse number five of Matthew 24, we have a warning about false Christs. If you look at verse number 11 in Matthew 24, the Bible says, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Um, This is directed again at Jews. It is not directed toward Christians. We're to, we're to watch out for false teachers and there's um, false spirits, but this is specifically directed to Jews. Um, get First John and Second Peter 2. Jump around here and then we'll get back. First John four. Watch what it says. First John chapter four. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. That's what we need to do as Christians. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. They are hereby know ye the spirit of God. This is what we need to be able to identify. 
Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. You identify that, you know you got the right spirit. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you've heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. What are we warned of as Christians in a New Testament church? You and I better test the spirits and try the spirits and see if they are of Christ or Antichrist. That's our warning. That's our warning. Second Peter. Go back. Second Peter chapter two. Verse one, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring unto themselves swift destruction. We better be careful of false spirits and false teachers. This morning in Matthew 24 is specifically Jewish and directed at Jews. Um, also in verse number three of Matthew chapter 24, where was this message given? That would be the Mount of Olives. Look at it. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. Uh, Zechariah 14.4 tells us about Jesus' return to the earth. He's going to set up his earthly kingdom. It's going to be on the Mount of Olives. And guess who's going to be the head of all the nations? That would be Israel. The whole thing has to do with Jewish, 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 Jewish. You can't fit the church into Matthew chapter 24 unless you do this. You have got to make Israel the church somehow. And it's not. It is a completely, entirely different entity. Are you saying the Jews don't have to be saved? No, see, you're confused again. We're dealing with nation stuff and individual stuff. If you meet a Jew, you don't pass by and say, well, we'll wait the Lord to deal with you later. You preach the gospel to that person. We're dealing with an individual who needs to hear that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And guess what? Have you ever told a lie? I'm Jewish. Have you ever told a lie? That would make you a liar. Everybody needs Jesus Christ. I can't claim my religion that I was brought up with, and you can't claim your religion that you were brought up with. I can't claim my national heritage and say, well, I'm a Yankee. Well, I'm a Southerner. Well, I'm a Jew. Well, I'm from the Italian band. Who cares? All of us are sinners. And when we meet someone who is from a Jewish nationality, we preach to them Jesus Christ and the gospel. Okay? Simple, simple, simple. Uh, look at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto individuals? No. All nations. And then shall the end come. 
Matthew chapter 24, we already preached and we did two messages on the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. It's a national gospel. It's a different gospel. It is not the gospel that we preach. That gospel of the kingdom was a gospel that was preached by John, Jesus, and Jesus' disciples when he was walking around during his earthly ministry before the nation of Israel crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after that, that's when the gospel of the grace of God started coming into view. We did messages on that. We're not going to backtrack. Look at uh, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. In Daniel chapter 9, he's prophesying concerning the Jew and Jerusalem. In Daniel chapter 9, we'll get there in a little bit. And look at verse 16. Let them, then let them which be in the whole earth? No. Let them which be in Judea. Christ is discussing Judea. Very, very obvious, the character of this chapter. Here's something else that's interesting. Look at verse 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Huh. Salvation connected with Sabbath keeping? Well, where does that fit in a New Testament church? It doesn't. (laughs) Doesn't. Because there has nothing at all to do with New Testament Christianity. And by the way, works have nothing to do with New Testament Christianity. And what they are being saved from is physical death. We're not dealing with a spiritual salvation. We did messages on that to understand that. But if you try to make the, if you try to force the church into Matthew 24, you have systematically destroyed the doctrine of eternal security and salvation by grace alone. Because these people are keeping commandments to obtain salvation. What type of salvation? Their life. (laughs) To live. We need to keep the doctrine of eternal security and obviously salvation by grace. Uh, because if not, then it would be another gospel, which would be an accursed gospel. Let's go to Daniel 9. Daniel 9, chapter 27. Or Daniel 9, verse 27. I'm sorry. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Halfway through the prophetic fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week, a week would be seven years. There's one week left of 
prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. And this abomination of desolation, you could say this is this midway point, this where the tide is going to shift. And it's going to be at that abomination of desolation. It's going to be at that middle point. We have a blessed hope. That blessed hope is that we are going to be caught up. We are going to be caught up before any of this happens because it is not for us. We are going to meet the Lord in the air. This meeting of the Lord in the air is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and it is not at all cross-referenced anywhere in Matthew chapter 24. He comes in the air. We meet him in the air. His feet don't come down to earth. Seven years happen. We see, we've already looked at all of that's going to happen. And then Christ will touch his feet on the Mount of Olives. But during this seven years, we have a beginning of it. Everything has a beginning. And the first three and a half years are the beginning of sorrows. You're going to have deception. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have hatred. You're going to have judgment for three and a half years. And then midway is going to be the abomination of desolation. Then it's going to be three and a half years. Then it's going to be great tribulation. And you're going to have the same thing you had in the beginning of sorrows, trouble, hatred, deception, and judgment, except it's going to be dialed up so much worse. And then you're going to have the second coming of Christ. The difference, and what I want to key in on is, is this abomination of desolation is going to be a turning point where it's all of a sudden going to go from bad to badder, if that's a word. Then shall be great tribulation. And things are going to heat up and get worse than they already are. If you're in Matthew 24, look at verse 21. Well, let's start reading at 15. Wherefore ye therefore, when ye therefore, sorry, shall see the abomination of desolation, Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. And here it is. For them shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be we get the timeline saints are called away we move into something where we're not going to be a part of but the character of god and why it's important to understand that basic breakdown of those seven years, the beginning of sorrows, the abomination of desolation, when it turns 
to great a time of great tribulation is that God never judges before he first gives an out. And I'd like us to take note of this. Get 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, familiar passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13, the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You and I aren't that special. We like to make ourselves special with, well, it's, you know, this is tough for me and it's tough for everybody. Everybody's tempted. But God is faithful. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is faithful? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but might with the temptation, except it doesn't say might. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Well, I don't believe that. Then you don't believe God's faithful. Well, in my situation, yeah, in your situation, or if I think back to a situation where I blew it, guess what we didn't do? Take the way of escape. We all know the old story, you know, guys out in the ocean and, you know, the ship goes down and he's paddling for his life. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray that God's going to save me out of here. First little lifeboat goes by and says, hey, you you need some help? No, I'm praying God's going to take care of me. Second lifeboat comes around. You need some help? No, I'm praying God's going to take care of me. Guy finally drowns, goes to heaven. God's like, look, I sent you. I sent you help. But you didn't take it. We've all heard that before. And how many times can we look back in our life and we can see, oh, there was the way of escape. And I just either A, didn't see it, or B, didn't want to see it, or C, just didn't take it. But that wasn't God's will for me. God's will was that I would be able to bear it because he'd make the way of escape. So with these temptations in our lives and these judge, uh, any judgment that would come, God in his character always provides an out. You think God just flooded the world? No. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was a preacher of righteousness. And the warning went out. Here's what's a coming, boys. Get in and be saved. But they didn't want to listen. The door was open. They didn't take the door. By the way, all those that got wet and were immersed in water died. And all those that stayed in the ark that were dry and an ounce of water didn't touch them, live. So water doesn't save you. <laughs> okay. Just just saying. <laughs> well, that's the Old Testament. Okay, okay. Look, you need to be in Jesus Christ, or it don't matter a hill of beans how much water you get on you. Look, we're a Baptist church. We we 
identify ourselves as believers being immersed in water, we also identify ourselves as being saved, born-again Christians by getting in Christ, okay? And that makes us that makes us Christians. That makes us being born again. Um, but God, the truth of God and his always making a provision for life, and God is always making a provision for salvation, is very important to understand as we move into this abomination of desolation because of God's character. He don't want people to perish. So what does he do? Look at Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. He is going to send his heralds to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And we're going to get into more of that next week before his wrath gets poured out. And people are either going to obey or not going to obey. And I would hope that we as Christian parents follow that same character or principle in the Bible, the same character of God. When we raise our children, we teach them this is right, this is wrong. If you do wrong, there's going to be a consequence. Take the right path. And we don't just pour wrath onto them. We just don't pour anger onto them. We give them a chance. We train them up. We show them. And then if there's a consequence that needs to come, it comes. But it should be after we've given them a chance and trained them right to make a good choice. God's the same way. It's the same way. He wants people to come to him. You and I get to play a part in that. To make that way known. And if they turn it away, that's why printing ministries are trying to get Bibles all over the world. That's why churches are trying to get the gospel out as many people as they can. Because once you die, that's it. You're going to be judged. You and I are judged based on our own goodness or merit. Okay. How'd that work out for any of us in any other situations down here on earth? <laughs> Let's get it out. There. Um, what's the way of escape? Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Hey, kids, drop what you're doing. We're heading to the mountains. Let's go. Well, when, Dad? How about now? <laughs> and just start a fleeing into the mountains. Why? God said so. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, I don't care. I do. Let's go. We're fleeing into the mountains. That is going to be the way of escape. And uh, Revelation 12, 
Revelation chapter 12, verse number 14. To and to the woman, that is the nation, that's Israel right there. We're given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, one year, and, and times, two years, and half a time, six months. What's one plus two plus six months? That would be three and a half. From the face of the serpent. That's the timing for the final three and a half years of that seven-year period. The first three and a half years, God is going to offer truth. Truth's going to go out. The gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached. Midway is going to be the abomination of desolation. That's going to be the beginning of the end. And then that final three and a half years, the almighty wrath of God is going to start a coming. That's why Matthew 24, 16 says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Revelation 12, which we just read. Some final verses, and then we'll close out. I want to do five of them. But this abomination, it is the event that marks the beginning of the end. And these verses that we're going to look at, let's go to, uh, let's do Daniel 9 first. These verses point to the abomination to the Jews and believing nations. That a mess is going to break out. All hell is going to break loose upon the earth. It's going out to the Jews and believing nations. Daniel 9:27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overshadowing of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel chapter number 11. Daniel chapter number 11. You can write these verses down if you would like. Verse number 31. And arms shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. And shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Mark it down, it's going to get bad. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, verse number 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety. Days. Matthew chapter 24. And then Mark 13, and we will be done. Matthew 24, when ye therefore, verse 15, shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. And then our last verse of five that'll mark this abomination of desolation, this midway point where the tide's going to shift. The wrath of God is going to start to come in real, real fierce. Mark chapter 13, verse number 14. When ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, 
standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. And if you flee to the mountains, that'd be a good thing because that would be Jews and believing nations doing and obeying what God told them to do, and their life will be spared. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.